0: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord, and it's good to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if there's anyone here who uh, has not had the privilege of being introduced to the Lord, you can do that before you leave today. Please stop by the altar. Don't go out without it, and uh, don't leave without stopping by the altar. I have some items I always like to give to you. I want to mention some things to you. Do we have the uh, tapes for radiation and chemotherapy? Yeah, okay, praise God. If there's anybody here that knows someone or if you are undergoing cancer treatment and you're receiving chemotherapy, this one's the one. Okay, raise your hand. Yeah, pass these out. All right, thank you. Just come on out this way, Miss Avis. Yeah so you can see everybody. Keep your hands up. Give half of them to Miss Nola sitting there, and she'll do one side. You do the other one. We'll get those passed out first. Please understand that when you give those to people, just ask them. I always do this. I said, you know, if I give you something to listen to, would you listen to it? And just let them come into agreement that they're going to be obedient to that, and they will listen to the tape. We give those out free of charge because God's healing power is paid for already. Amen? And so if you uh, listen to the word and give the word your full attention, God says that that word is medicine and it's healing and health to you. Alright, now, if does anybody know anyone receiving radiation treatment? We have a different tape for that. Okay, put your hands up and we'll give those to you. Sometimes people get both of them. So if you're not sure, you know what I'm saying, take both of them. There's no problem with that. And make sure that you get enough stuff to take with you I always try and encourage you while they're passing those out I try to encourage people to stop by our book and tape table many times people will I get so many uh, emails from people on a, from our website asking if they could be a part of our school of ministry and sometimes these people are in another country they're out of town they're not close enough. But you can always get teaching from teachers by either listening to their tapes or reading their materials. So it's always important, and that's how I've, I've learned. A great percentage of what I've learned about ministry and so forth, I've learned from people that I haven't lived close enough to get to one of their meetings. And so I just want to encourage you to pick up some of the books and tapes out there because they will uh, teach you. Your spirit will be trained and you will understand and get wisdom and knowledge and revelation. See, it's your your responsibility as a believer is to uh, build your faith in the Word of God. It's God's business to anoint you and send you out to do his work. But he always sends out people who are what? Equipped. He sends out the equipped. And this is part of the equipping process. So we have many, many things to help you in the realm of healing. Some of you will be people who will put materials to uh, help someone receive healing. And you don't even have to speak a word to them. So sometimes it's good to keep these things in your possession and you will have them available to you so that you can put them in the hands of the right person and simply instruct them to listen to the tape until you're healed. That's what you tell people. Listen to this until you are healed. Because the first thing people ask you, how many times do I have to listen to it? As many times as it takes. How many times did they come to Jesus? How many times are too many or too few? So you have to realize that this word is medicine and it will not fail. It will heal your body. So you take the whole prescription, huh? just like you do when you go to the doctor. This is your prescription for healing. So we have these key rings with scriptures on them, and they're real handy to keep around. You can just walk in the hospital like this and say, uh, let me read something to you, and just give them a dose of medicine. It's just that simple. We also have a set of tapes. This is leftover from my MASH days. <laughs> I'm Not that old, but you know what I'm saying. Close. <laughs> Me and Flo Nightingale, you know, we started this. No. I used to be a nurse. I, not registered anymore. I am registered in places, but not with them. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is what I remember this from when we used to give medicines in the hospital. We always give them around the clock so you make sure that that dose didn't wear off before you got the next dose, huh? And so this is set up that way to be just like a prescription would be uh, if you got it from the doctor. Also, we have uh, some tapes on healing from our HEAPASS healing schools. This is a good tape. It's a breakthrough tape. Uh, We have it on CD, and we also have it on cassette. Of course, people aren't using that many cassettes anymore, but we still have them. We have DVDs on healing. We have tracks on healing. I have a healing devotional, um, Seven Weeks to Health and Healing. Uh, there's one, Seven Weeks for the God of All Comfort. we got Pastor Shirley in here. Can we talk about tongues? we get you hooked up now. So we've got everything that you might need. And this is my most recent one. This is Seven Weeks with Jesus. And so there's always something there for you most of these items like our tapes are still on what $5 cd $7 these books are around $10 so they're not not expensive so you can afford these things so praise god and make sure you stop by and pick those up because you're going to need them you're going to need to be able to bless somebody with them and you're going to need them for you so praise god keeps you healthy when you feast on the word of god so those things are available to us and we always make you aware so don't shoot out the door stop by and see what it's on the, the book and tape tables, praise God. Okay, um, uh, if you would turn to Proverbs chapter 4 and I'm going to read you the scripture that I read at every meeting, the beginning of every meeting so that you'll understand how and why the Word of God is important to feed on. Proverbs 4:20 says, "My son attend to my words. give the word of God your full attention incline thine ear to my sayings let them not depart in other words don't read the word for a little while and put it down huh you know how we're we're apt to do sometimes when we really need something from God and we go and feast on the word find us a good scripture and confess it to death and choke it and Lay on it all night and, you know, embrace it, make it our very own for a minute. And then when we get what we're asking God for, we forget about the word. But he says here, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep the word of God in front of you at all times. And he says, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, meditate on the word until you get it in you. There's a difference between in your ears and in your heart. So she said, it says here, keep it in the midst of thine heart, for they are life. The Word of God puts life on the inside. Just listening to it and thinking about it after you listen to it. You know why the Bible says to meditate on it? Because many times we have a tendency to hear the Word of God and push it out. So when you meditate on something, you embrace it and you receive it, and you don't try to argue with it or think past it. And so he wants us to embrace the Word of God. He says, "...for they are life to those that find them, and health to all of their flesh." Medicine is another word that's used in this scripture. So the Word of God is medicine to your flesh. And this is why we teach the healing schools. This is why we have them, is to administer the medicine of the Word of God. And it's so wonderful when we know that and we can minister the medicine of God's Word. So we're going to talk about touching the hem of uh, Jesus' garment and getting your miracle. Hmm? If you touch the hem of his garment, you'll get your miracle. Hmm? You'll get your miracle. We'll go to, I think I'll go here and mark chapter 5. There's so many accounts of this story and I like the fact that it's in the Bible so many times because it allows us to see how important it is to study this scripture. Mark chapter 5. Mark. We'll start in verse 25. It says here, "In a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was not better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall behold. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you. Why are you saying who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Be whole. Be whole. Wholeness implies not only healing... But the other part is that whatever it was that was stolen from her because of this illness has been restored. And that's a miracle. Doctors might be able to give you medicine that will give you a cure, quote unquote cure. But only God can make you whole. Think about it. If your illness took you out of work, the times that you weren't able to work, your finances were stolen. Sometimes people lose all their possessions in an illness, sometimes they get to the point like this woman, she couldn't afford doctors anymore. And it's like that with a lot of people now. You see, a lot of times they're talking about some kind of national health care program that they want to institute. So really, I would say, if you're a believer for sure, and even if you're not a believer, you're going to have to get off the world system at some point and get on to God. Many of the people that we saw, you know, were heroically fighting cancer and all of the things that they do to raise money for cancer research. We see prominent people now having a recurrence of the cancer that they thought was in remission for a time. And so these diseases will come back on people and they will continue to haunt people and continue to, to loom over their lives and make their lives very insecure. So sometimes disease can take your peace away from you, your, your self-confidence. I don't know what it feels like to have a chronic disease, but I would think that you, you're afraid sometimes to make plans because you don't know if you're going to be around to see those plans through. So there's a lot that's stolen from people when they're sick. There's a lot that's stolen from people in illness. And so the Lord wants us to know that he is the one who can do the miracle of wholeness and make us whole in every situation, every situation. See, God wants wholeness for everybody. He doesn't want to withhold anything from anybody. He wants to meet every expectation. And so sometimes for that to happen, it does take a miracle. It takes a miracle from God to have all of your expectations met. Every single one of them will get met because God has miracle working power in him. And so here we see a woman... That had an issue of blood. Now, if you want to, you can turn to Leviticus 15, and this will give us some insight on why she went about receiving her healing the way she did. Leviticus 15 just simply says that if a woman has an issue of blood, she is considered to be unclean, and when that blood is is stopped. Then she is free to go and mingle in society again and so forth and so on. If other people touch her, they're considered to be unclean as well. And so this may have something to do with the fact that the woman felt that she had to sneak up on God to get something from him. Think about the times that you didn't feel worthy. Are we much different? Are we much different than that? Sometimes we're so distant from God that we know it's hard to get your faith in gear. It's hard to fathom that God could really do this for you. And it's hard to understand that he really, really wants to bless you and wants to heal you. But somehow, something had happened on the inside of this woman that made her change the way she thought about herself. She went from being a person who was unworthy and unclean to a person who got her miracle from God. And I think we can learn a lot if we will look at This woman and look and understand what's happening with her. So what you need to understand is there is a closeness that we must get to the Lord in order to receive from him. The Bible says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. I always tell people that God could heal you where you are, you'd be healed already. And that doesn't mean necessarily all the time moving physically, but moving in the spirit closer to him. Being more in tune to his voice. Being more in tune with his word. Allowing his word to minister to you on a deeper level. Maybe shutting some TV off. Turning a plate now. And crawling up in the bed with your Bible and don't come out until that thing manifests on you. huh? That's what you need. See, if you don't know to do that, when are you going to ever know to do it? If you don't know to do it when you have a need, when are you ever going to draw nigh to the Lord? Who can ever get too close to God? Uh? And so when we understand that there is a drawing close to him that must be necessary that this woman had to experience. See, she was used to being pushed and shoved out of the public view. She was hiding from people. And that's probably why she went to doctors. Because for some reason, this blood didn't stop and that kept her from going out in public. That kept her. She would love to have been able to present herself to the priest with the proper offering saying that her unclean period was over. But she wasn't able to do that because the blood never stopped coming from her body. So that kind of backed her away from the people of God and kind of caused her to have to resort to the world's methods. See, sometimes we don't know exactly what it is that's hindering us from receiving what we need from God. And sometimes we don't know where to go to get that other piece that we need huh? so that we can get all of our needs met by God. And so in times like that, you know, sometimes you might have to resort to your own methods or you might feel desperate or something like that. So in her desperation, she resorts to physicians. And the Bible says she spent everything she had on them. They could not heal her. And in fact, she got worse. So here she is really running out of time. Mm -hmm. Because if you have been going, you have been sick for, what was it, 12 years she was sick? She's gone to doctors faithfully. You know, she hears about one in this town and goes over here. She hears about a specialist here and goes over here. Mm -hmm. It always amazes me that when people want things from God, they hate traveling. But they'll pack up and take the whole family to a hospital somewhere on the other side of the city for the, the hope of maybe they can do something when God gives you a sure thing. Huh? We hate to move and go toward God because we think it's too much trouble. Why can't he heal me right where I am? huh? If he could do that, you'd be healed already, you see. And so it's very common for people to fight the obedience that we need to do in order to receive from God God wants some honor he wants some respect and sometimes seeing us use our faith to move toward him is enough respect and enough honor for our faith to be released in such a way that the miracle occurs so here this lady has been sick for 12 years she's not getting any better in fact she's getting worse she got worse over time so time is running out for her So when time is running out and the doctors have told you they have done all that you can do, you need to make a decision. Mm. When they tell you, you know, we have done the best that we can, sometimes they will recommend to you go put your affairs in order. Mm. As if they did have the final word. And it's decision time. And what you need to decide is one thing. Do you want to live? Isn't that what the Bible says? He says, choose life. Choose life. So you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Am I going to accept death or do I decide to live? And this woman obviously chose life. That's a choice she made and that's a decision that she made. She chose life and the Bible says she heard about Jesus. It's funny that she didn't hear about him while she had money. It's funny, she didn't hear about him until the doctor said, we can't do any more for you. Huh? Now, Jesus has been doing his ministry maybe a couple of years. You know, he didn't do a, a long earthly ministry. But I'm sure that's probably not the first time he'd had a meeting somewhere. huh? And she's still going to doctors until the money runs out and she begins to run out of time. And God is merciful, and he loves us, and he doesn't care if he is our last resort. In fact, many times, that's where most of us met Jesus. It's when we'd done everything we could do that was legal, illegal, fun, not fun. Got us in trouble, got us in jail, got us put away, got us in rehab, got us, huh? And after we had one little brain cell left from smoking dope or whatever else we did, huh? I want God. Huh? And he loves us so much, he graciously treats you like royalty when you come to him. Huh? Tells you your sins are forgiven, gives you everything. He kills a fatted calf, huh? For the worst in the bunch. And so many times, it's after we've exhausted our natural means that we hear of Jesus. Huh? Jesus has been preaching a while. She just inclined her ear. Huh? She was listening to doctors. She had the words of the doctors in her head. And she had the words of the physicians in her head. And she had the words of the church people in her head. Telling her she was unclean. You can't go to a Jesus meeting. Huh? you got to get healed first and then go. Huh? Because that's what it would have entailed. Under the old covenant, if a person was quote unquote living according to the law, they wouldn't be in the position that she's in. Huh? Hmm? Because we're talking about perhaps if if she's an older woman, she might be sick, say maybe with a fibroid tumor. But they had a covenant of healing with God. Hello? Yeah? Exodus 15, it says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all of his rules. He says, I'm not going to put any disease upon you. So a Jew who was obeying the law wasn't sick. But something was wrong. See, when you find yourself doing everything you know to do right and there's still something wrong, you need a miracle. Mm -hmm. You need a miracle. Somehow this lady's case fell through the cracks. Now if she had gone around church people, what do you think they would have told her? You must have some kind of sin in your life. You you what? You still bleed what you mean? You should have stopped bleeding along what's wrong with you? Must be so she had to back away from church people. She certainly couldn't go to a priest at the temple because she should have been going to him to present the offering saying she was clean again. She couldn't do that either. So this lady between a rock and a heart, she can't go to God people. She can't she's been to the doctors, that was her only resort, and they can't help her. So what is she gonna do? Instead of accepting that she had to die, she chose to live. I'm telling you, you can choose to live anytime you decide to. Huh? It's never too late to decide you're gonna live and not die. Huh? It's never too late to decide that. I don't care. You know, Oral Roberts said that they used to have people, ambulances would drive up to his meeting. Bringing people on their deathbed. And those people would be wheeled in and they would sit them right in the front at the foot of the altar. huh? And they were given one day to live or barely hanging on. You know it's never too late to decide to live. And you don't know if those people had decided and asked to come to the meeting or somebody just dragged them in hoping they would make that decision. But once that decision is made, once you choose life, then the rest of it is up to God. Did you know it's up to Him to tell you where to go to what meeting to get your healing and so forth and so on? Huh? It's all up. All you have to do is make the decision, I will live and not die. I choose life this day, Jesus. I'm not going to die. I know what they say I have and I know what they say they can't do for me, but I choose to live. Hallelujah. And the rest is up to God. The rest is up to God. He will begin to speak to you and tell you and instruct you exactly what to do and where to go to have your appointment with your miracle. I'm telling you, all you got to do is make the decision. Make the decision. So when she quit listening to the doctor, she finally heard about Jesus. People have probably been telling her about him all along. But she thought, well, the doctors, I got one more doctor I can visit. Got an appointment right here, card in my purse. Huh? I made appointment already. I got to go see this one. And God says, okay, well, I'll let her run out of doctors to go see or money to pay him. Huh? Huh? So when you run out of time, you run out of energy, and you run out of money, there's Jesus. You can always hear about Jesus. Amen. He'll never turn a patient away. His appointment book is never filled up. You know, sometimes people have died waiting on an appointment for a doctor. People have people call and the office will finally call and say, well, doctor so-and-so, you know, he can see the patient now. Well, so-and-so, they're dead already. Patient died waiting for an appointment. God is always available and open to you. So she goes and she heard, the minute she heard, she came. Like Pastor Shirley was saying. That the woman, when she heard, got her instruction, she obeyed. When the prophet got the instruction, he obeyed. Most people lose their healing waiting for a confirmation. Huh? Well, I just ain't sure. I ain't never been over to them people's church before. Is women supposed to preach? Hmm? Huh? Waiting for a confirmation can kill you. Huh? Because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. If you're a sheep, you know the master's voice. Huh? And you don't follow another one, or not supposed to, so what do you want? I want him to tell me again. And you know, sometimes God will accommodate people. He'll tell you again. Huh? And sometimes we still don't move. But we need to understand that when she heard about Jesus, she left. Huh? When she finally opened up her ears and inclined her ears to the voice of God, she moved on it. She didn't, wait for a, she didn't have a discussion with anybody. She just came with a made-up mind and a decision to release her faith at a certain point. When she the Bible says one of the the accounts of this healing says that she spoke within herself, she said within herself, "If I can just touch his him, I'll be made whole." It's important what you tell you. Now people from outside told her about Jesus, huh? It said, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus. So that's somebody telling her from the outside. But what did she move on? She moved on what she heard on the inside of her. See, it's also important what you tell you on the inside and not always what somebody else can tell you from the outside. Because people can be telling you from the outside, girl, you need to go over there and get some prayer. You need to go here. You need to go there. But it's important what you tell you. Because that's where the decider is on the inside of you. And the Bible says she told herself. Now what she probably, I think this woman's biggest problem was, how do I get out of this house being unclean and not be noticed? And go and let that man know I need a touch from him. Hmm? This is what it's about. It's about the touch. Yeah. huh? So she said in herself, she said, hmm, now I can't, if I go, I can't go to a priest and lie and say my blood has stopped because that ain't true. So I want to go so my bleeding can stop. So how do, I, how do I do this? And she said, hmm, you know what? He doesn't even have to know I'm touching him. I can sneak up behind him and if I can just touch the bottom of his clothes, I think there's enough power there. I just need to get to the man of God. I just need to get there and get a touch from God. See, a touch from God will take away years of sickness. One touch from God will remove all of that and restore you completely. You don't need to, you know, have 14 thunderbolts and a long, drawn-out thing. This lady said, "Mm mm-mm, all I have to do is get one touch. Well, she was used to people touching her and not doing her any good. She'd been poked and prodded and scoped and grafted and MRI'd and radiated and unradiated and... She had, She said, nah, I ain't let nobody else touch me. I'm touching them this time. Huh? She said, I'd have been touched up one way and down the other. I'm sick of that. I'm going to go get this for myself. She said, let me touch him and get what I need from him. And so she made it up on her own terms. Isn't that something? God respected it. She made up her own mind. She said, if I can just touch him, let me touch God for a change. Huh? then I'll be made whole. Your faith that's inside of you sets the conditions for your healing. Huh? Your faith on the inside of you sets a condition for your healing. Your faith knows the time, the place, whose ministry, what meeting, everything where it needs to be released so that that miracle can come into you. Huh? Your faith can do that. The Bible says we have this same spirit of faith. The spirit of faith will tell you everything. So he knows the appointment time. He knows where you're going to be. He knows how long it's going to take. He knows all of that. And he can tell you. And he will get you to the appointed place at the appointed time for the release of your miracle. Like we said, she couldn't touch anyone. Sometimes we want to be as close as we can to God without being detected. You ever been like that? God just sent it to me, airmail. Because I'm scared if I come face to face and ask you for it, you're going to tell me what's wrong with me. huh? And so this lady didn't want to be condemned. And sometimes guilt can keep you from wanting to be in the presence of God. Because you're afraid what you find out about yourself. Well, you already know enough about what you need. To know you messed up, huh? If you're sick and this is your last opportunity for a healing, I would say let's cut out the pretense, huh? And let us be willing to hear. But you know what? God will never put you under condemnation. He will never put you under guilt, huh? He will just instruct you which way to go, huh? Now think about it. You know, sometimes we—this is common what believers do. If if our—if it takes a while for us to get what we need from God, wonder what I must be doing wrong, huh? That I don't have it. Well, the wrong is probably too strong a word. I think what we need to do is add something to our faith. So we need instruction from God as to how to get closer to the point of the release of your miracle. If you notice, God always gave people instruction as to something to do. So he doesn't say, you shouldn't do this. What he does is say, just do this. And that takes care of what you shouldn't do. You understand what I'm saying? So he does it in a way that's encouraging, that strengthens your faith. And that moves you closer to the point of the release of your miracle. See, that's the worst thing to do for a person who's sick anyway, is to tell them or make them think there's something more they need to do, and they're doing something wrong in order to get their healing. Just instruct them in what to do. See, when you give people tapes to listen to, you know, you can tell them, you know what, we're just going to build your faith up with these. And they'll say something, well, i got faith already. Yeah, it needs to get a little bit stronger, though, so that you can get your miracle from God. You see? And this is the truth. But we don't put people under condemnation and make them feel like they're wrong about something so that they can receive their miracle. It's very important to keep the road of faith open to people. You understand what I'm saying? Don't give them false encouragement, but just encourage them in the right thing to do. Well, we'll add some more word to that. Well, it's good to keep your faith strong while you're waiting on God to fulfill what he says he's going to do for you. And so this is the way you approach people to keep them in faith. And so all this lady needed to do was get on the right road to where her miracle would occur. See, it's not about being in sin or being a bad person or doing anything wrong, but it's about getting on the road that's going to lead you to your miracle. And that's why people come to meetings like this. Because God says, this is the road to take to get to your miracle. Amen? And so this is why we do these things. We do them so that we can encourage people in the right way that <clears throat> that they should go. So sometimes we want, like we said, we want what God has, but on our own terms. But he will still meet us. We have to obey the law of faith. So there are certain laws that do govern what we need from God. This lady was obeying the law of faith and the voice of faith that told her if you can get there and touch him, you'll get your miracle. Just get there and just touch God and let God touch you and you'll get your miracle. So those were the conditions for her healing. In Romans 10:9 and 10, it talks about the law of faith that if we will confess with our mouths what we believe in our heart, we will be healed or we will be made whole or we will have that miracle or that thing that we need from God. Mark eleven twenty four also tells us that we can have what we say. So this lady began to obey the law of faith and after the law of faith is obeyed, then we have to hold on to our faith. And release it at a point of contact when the anointing can be received. The anointing is what brings the miracle. You cannot always be healed where you are. If you could, God would have done it already. Huh? You can't do everything on your own terms. There's so many things that we don't understand. You know, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagan went through this when he was on his deathbed. And he was reading his Bible, and he said he finally told the Lord, he said, read Mark 11:23 so many times, it was fallen out of the page, was fallen out of the Bible. And he told the Lord, he said, Lord, I believe what your word says. I believe I am healed. And he began to say that he was healed. Then he asked the Lord, he said, uh, why am I not healed? <laughs> I'm healed, but not. <laughs> and so the Lord told him, he said, you believe as far as you know. Hmm? So then God has to increase our knowledge, and he began to understand that faith was not just in your mouth and in your heart, but faith was an act. And so this lady got the word inside of her. It was in her mouth and in her heart, and then she had to make it an act and go to where the anointing could be released so that she could get her miracle from God. And so this is how it is. And we have a covenant of healing with God. But I'll tell you, once you obey the laws of faith, there's still a place where you may not have what it is that you're seeking from God. And that's where the miracle comes in. Because laws govern everything except miracles. Huh? Laws govern everything except miracles. And I believe that there is a place in God where you can do what you know to do and do what you know to do and do what you know to do. And after that, you just need a miracle. You just need it. huh? And so when we understand that there is obedience. This is what that lady did with the issue of blood. She obeyed the law. The law told her she was unclean. She couldn't go out. Anybody she touched was unclean, so she stayed to herself. And then one day she said, you know what? I'm stuck in this place. She said, I'm obeying the word of God the best I can. It doesn't say she was in sin or anything like that. It doesn't say she was disobedient. So we can assume that she was being obedient to her covenant of healing. It says, if you hearken to the voice of the Lord, do that which is right in his sight. Give you his commandments, keep his rules. She was keeping the rules and she still didn't get healed. So there is a place. Where you can be obedient to God, you can be a giver, you can be a person that blesses people, you can be a person that when you get mad at somebody, you forgive them right away, and you still got sickness in your body, huh? You need a miracle. Because a miracle will override every law that's ever been, even spiritual laws. God can break, hey man sister, God can break his own spiritual law with a miracle, Huh? That's what he did with Peter. You know, when uh, they were giving Peter and Jesus a hard time about paying taxes. Huh? You know, that's what your friends do to you sometimes. Sinners will come up to you. What kind of Christian are you? Huh? You mean you can't never be off on Sunday? you got to go to church every Sunday? Huh? Stuff like that. And so they'll try to trap you and make you think that you're not huh, what you are. And so somebody was picking on... Peter and ask him if Jesus, he said, you and your master, y'all pay taxes? And Peter said, well, yeah, I think so. And he <laughs> asked Jesus, he said, do we pay taxes? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> and so they needed some money, and it was probably a tax where you do like, you know, going across the border from Detroit to Windsor, something like that, that kind of crossing the border tax. And so Jesus said, yeah, he said, uh he said, "Well, who who is the one that pays taxes? Do the children or do foreigners pay taxes?" He said, "Yeah." He said, and Peter said, "Well, the foreigners pay taxes," and Jesus said, "Well, then the children are free." He said, "But just so we don't offend nobody." <laughs> huh? Anyway, Jesus would say, "I'm not subject <laughs> to all of this, huh? Amen. But I don't want to upset nobody, so I'ma give them their little money. It don't bug me none, huh?" Amen. And what did he tell Peter to do? Do something that was normal for him to do. Go fishing. See, God will never ask you to do a handstand. <laughs> Praise God. <Huh? laughs> yeah. He will ask you to do something that's easy for you to do and that's part of your normal routine in order to get your provision. He told Peter, he said, go down there, pull a fish up, And the first one that comes up is the one with the money in his mouth. He said, and take that and pay our taxes. In other words, God has provision for Caesar. God will give what's needed for that. And so that in itself was a miracle. So God has no problem giving us miracles when we need them. And that miracle overrode any natural law because fishes don't usually have money in their mouth. Huh? Huh? If that was true, Peter would have been rich a long time ago. But Jesus decided, you know what? We don't have time to putz around. Let's just do a miracle right here. I'll sing you, get, make it easy for you, Peter. Give you something real simple to do. Go down there and catch fish like you normally do, but this time look in the fish's mouth. And instead of pulling that hook out and go and sell the fish, I'll put the money right there in the fish's mouth and eliminate the middle steps. So, a miracle eliminates all the steps in between for you makes it real easy for you, huh so a miracle God can override any law any time he wants to and give you a miracle. You don't have to have a bunch of steps, you don't have to have a bunch of formulas, make sure you're doing this right, make sure you're doing that right, and I got to make sure I get up early and pray so many hours a day or so many minutes a day, and I gotta fast so many hours. Ah, uh, you just need a miracle, huh? Let's face it. <laughs> if it meant obeying the law perfectly to get something from God, most of us don't qualify. so God is going to have to look at the faith that we demonstrate and decide this person has done enough to satisfy me, and I'm going to step over and give them what they want, huh. So let's cut the nonsense in trying to believe that we can be good enough to get something from God. My goodness, we'd never have anything. Huh? You can barely make it through a day without slipping somewhere. I know I can't. Huh? And so we have to understand that we have a God who understands all of that, but he still wants you well. He still wants you whole. He still wants to prosper you. He still wants to bless you. And he will do it. Huh? So what is a miracle? Miracle is it just means it's a sign. A miracle is always a sign. Every word that you see in the Bible that that they use for miracle has that element of it pointing to something. Hmm? It's a sign of God's power. The other words for miracle always include Power. One word translated as miracle is miraculous power or the miracle itself. A miracle is something that gains attention because it comes out of the ordinary, but it manifests in the lives of everyday normal people. Amen. A miracle cannot be bought and it cannot be earned. Mm-hmm. So how do you get a miracle? How do you get one? How did people in the Bible get them? In John verse, in John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter two, we'll turn there, and I'll show you. In John chapter two, in verse one, it says, "The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee." And the mother of Jesus was there. Hmm? The wedding was like one big feast. It wasn't like we have it. We have a wedding in the church where God can come and a reception where he can't come. Huh? And the preacher ducks out. If you got good sense as a preacher, you'd duck out and not go to reception. huh? <laughs> Hello? But they had the service, it was all one ceremony. It says, and both Jesus was called, it says, Jesus was called and his disciples, it says the mother of Jesus was there, I'm sorry, in verse 1. And Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage, and when they wanted wine, or they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. So this mother tells her son their problem. And Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatsoever he tells you, do it. So the mother needed wine, but she didn't know it would take a miracle to get it. But she had a sense that there was something stirring in her son that would do something. And that's all you need to know about God. Is he going to do something about your miracle? You have to have that kind of confidence in God that whatever it is he tells you to do, you better do it because he's going to do something about this situation. See, you can sense a miracle when it's there. You can sense in the atmosphere when God is getting ready to do something. And Mary was attentive enough to the presence of God and the understanding of God to get up and go and do And keep pressing in until the miracle happened. And so she said here, they have no wine, whatever he says to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said, fill the the pots with water and they fill them to the brim. He said, draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not where it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of feast called a bridegroom and said to them, every man at the beginning sets forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then the worse. In other words, you don't give drunks your best liquor. (laughs) Y'all remember that, don't you? But you have kept the good wine to now. Huh? The good wine is that that brings the result of God in your life. He said it's been kept until now. That miracle that you need has been kept until now. That good wine that you need in your life has been kept unto now. God has held it for you from the first day you asked for him. It was given to you. You must believe you receive when you pray and you'll have it. But he gave it to you the first time you asked for it. And it's been held unto now. For the time when your faith was appropriate to receive your miracle. He gave the good wine at that point. Sister, do you have to leave? Listen, um, forgive me. because I've been disobedient. The Lord told me to tell you something when you were first standing over there, and I wasn't sure if he wanted me to tell you. But God wants you to know that he's not lacking in any good thing that he's going to give you, and that as you have pursued him, he is going to bless you to the full. Everything that you have asked him for that's on your heart, he's releasing it to you now. Amen? All right. Forgive me, sweetie. God bless you. I, you know, I thought started to stop a couple of times and I thought we'll wait till the altar call, but I'll, I'll do it right the next time. Okay, sweetie. All right. Praise God. <laughs> so God is not lacking. See, He knows when you got to leave legitimately. You know what I'm saying? So praise God. Amen. Praise God. So God says He'll save that for you. It's stored up for you. There's a miracle waiting for each and every one of you that needs a miracle. If there's a healing, you have a covenant of healing. You're already healed. But if it takes a miracle to get that into your possession, then God will do that miracle for you just to show you that he will keep his word. And so he says this, he saved the last until now. Verse 11 says, this beginning of miracles. This is how miracles begin. You ask, you ask, you ask, and you ask. You keep pursuing. What did Mary do? She got up and said, they don't have any wine. And she didn't take no for an answer. Hello? How would you like it if your grown son said, woman? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> if she was most mothers I know, he'd have been sitting the land on the floor. Huh? But she said, I'm going to cut him some slack because we're out in public right now. And he's grown. Huh? He says, my hours now, I don't feel like doing that. huh? They're like, Ma, I ain't doing nothing. So she didn't hit him or anything. She just cut him some slack and she worked on the servants. But she began to set things up and she did not let her faith be negated. She did not let her faith be lost. She did not allow her faith to get away from her. She moved on her faith until she got what it is that she wanted. Many of you have had to move on your faith and continue to persevere and continue to pursue. Today is the day for your miracle. It's for your miracle. And so God wants to release his power to us so that we can get everything that we need from him. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you start some music and we'll pray for people. You came here for a miracle. God wants to give it to you. This is the point of release of your faith. This is the place that he's been bringing you to all this time so that you can get what you need from him. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants to restore everything. But your miracle begins with the asking. It's all it begins with. And many of you have been asking. You've been seeking. You've been knocking. Some of you are asking for other people. And God sees that, and he wants to bless them and bring them what they need as well. So if you want to, stand to your feet, and we'll get started and pray for people. Somebody can move this podium out the way. Pastor Shirley and I are going to pray for you and allow God to minister. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in tongues, you can come up for that. If you want to receive Christ as Savior, you can do that. Just move it back there for right now. How many have that That's fine, Brother Hezekiah. We can, we can wait with those. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Praise God. Come on up now. Receive the power of God. Receive the anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let the miracles flow. Father, we thank you. Let the anointing and the power of God for miracles flow in this place in Jesus' name. Let it flow in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Here's my cup. Here's my cup. Fill it up. Praise Here's you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everyone of the moment Jesus. now. This to him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And I just Thank want you, you to just begin, if you would. Praise your Lord. Hallelujah. Thank give you. Give Him Lord. your personal worship right now. Begin to kiss His face. We we'll love you, Lord. Let Jesus you Let Jesus feel, let Jesus feel, this place, this place, let Jesus feel, let Jesus feel. Let Jesus be this fair. Come on, let's say it Let Jesus feel. Let Jesus be. Let Jesus. Be. Let Jesus be.